Welcome to another episode of Twisted. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to everybody who tuned in last week and checked it out. I'm trying to get back in it. I'm getting back into my rant uh, uh, stride. I feel like last two have been okay, haven't been great. You know, there's a lot of pressure to knock it out of the park because there's so many podcasts now. Like, if you don't do excellence every time... I feel like people have alternatives. And it's very weird. I know I just stopped the podcast, but it is weird when a podcast you consider doing very well just stops. Uh, there's a podcast called Revisionist History that was going, and now it's just stopped. It hasn't put one out. I think there's just a lot of work. There's a lot of people who do podcasts, and they're, like, doing all this editing and all this stuff, and they're like, oh, I'm going to edit. So, and then it just, like, they get like, this is too much work, yep. and they stop doing it. I'm just like, fuck it, put this out. Live to tape, gold, hit send. Yeah, there we go. Just the golden rules, no end bombs, and we're and no yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That literally is the only rule. No end bombs. As long as you don't say unless you're discussing a woman calling me in bed or being stuck in traffic. No, nah, not even stuck in traffic. I don't I think an end bomb isn't even appropriate in traffic. You could do every other slur and sexist remark. The really the only time the N bomb is at all appropriate is uh in the bedroom. And that's just my my rule. And I must stick with it. And if you don't like me, I don't like you. And it's all good. We're totally cool with that. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Not a lot of shows this week. I go to China this week. Big news is I'm shooting my Comedy Central uh pilot presentation with Al Magical and Josh Nasser with our host Mike Costa. And you guys wow. are gonna love yeah, and guess who the guess who the our Vanna White is? Ariana Celeste, the UFC girl. Oh wow. Yeah. So we go big or we go home. So that's what I got going on this week. I'm gonna be able to do some of Punch Drunk, but that's uh that's about it. That's the big big uh go to my YouTube page, guys. I'm uploading all my YouTube stuff. I just put in an awesome awesome uh video. I did a commercial I did for Alan Dupetit. Dot com use punch drunk for a promo code and I get some pretty cheap suits. We're talking fifty dollars suits, hundred dollars suits. Use punch drunk and you can go to uh, YouTube.com backslash Sam Tripoli and see the commercial I did for them. Uh, it's really funny. It's multiple me's. And by the way, I just learned I have a, somewhat of a pinhead. I have a weird back part of my head. I don't and didn't always have it, but it's now. Or the woman who cuts my hair refuses to level off my shit. But then I never complain because she's some Mexican chick with giant tits and I let her do whatever she wants. I'm just such a sucker for those big Mexican tits. So that's who I am. So go check that out. YouTube.com backslash Sam Tripoli. And I uh, put up daily rants, daily videos, daily everything. Just it's it, it's it's a, a video palooza going on there. So sports, let's get into some sports real quick. Obviously, Dodgers lose. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. What role does Dave Roberts have in this? Uh, I felt like for the guy who has all the analytics, there's a lot of mismanagement going on. 
Uh, I feel that we go back le- at the beginning of this year when we could have gotten that kid who died in Miami. We could have gave up. They probably want Urias. I wouldn't. But if you look at the age of Urias, you could the kid who passed away. They're around the same age. You should have made the trade. We would have had that second guy to throw out. Yeah, it's Urias is 19, 20 now, I think. And yeah, and that kid was like 24. 24. It's yeah, like you'd lost nothing. Yeah, exactly. And he's already had Tommy John. Yeah. Which you likely won't have to have again. Well, not anymore. Yeah. If you if you do it right, you'll be all right. Hold on. Urias had Tommy John? No, to, uh, Fernandez had. Well, he's dead. Yeah, but if he were here and still alive, okay, but he's he may not. not have needed it again. Right, that's for the rest true. Of his career. That's true. That's true. But he throws heat. You would have gotten heat from him, and he would have been that second guy, and we probably could have still gotten Rich Hill. Now you got the third guy. Now you're cooking with gas. You know, the analytics, man, is just not good. It's just I, I, I disagree with going right off analytics. you got to go really on what is happening. Yeah, and you guys had a ton of injuries too. We, we set the record. We, went, we had the most industry injuries by a team that made the playoffs ever in the history of time. But, you know, when you get into that, that the, the Chicago Cubs uh, locomotive, it was just going to be really hard to beat them. Yeah. Our best bet was ga- the third game in Dodger Stadium. When we lost that, it was going to be really hard to win two out of the next three. Yeah, but you very possibly could have won game one. What, I mean, yeah, except for that weird pitch where Dave Roberts leaves him in again. And we just all do hindsight to the, the, to the break of down. It's just we need hitters. We need hitters, and we need another pitcher. Why do we have a giant ownership group that has money, and and we're not, you know? Because that's what hedge funds do, bro. That's what they do. They buy something, they lower costs, sell it high. That's what hedge fund people do, man. Now they're talking about they might get rid of Kershaw. They might move him, try to get three players for that's him. A, that's a big deal to get rid of. That's a big deal. That's Mr. Dodger money. right now. Well, that's a lot of money to get rid of. Well, I mean, there's some people that would do it. Boston, if you could get, like, there's some markets that would go for him. They'd have to give up a lot. They would have to give up a lot. I don't want to give him away. I just want another guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with Grinky not being here because he fell completely off when we knew it was about to happen. We need another guy, man. You got to pay for that, man. You're a hedge fund dude. What's thirty mil a year? You may you wipe your ass with that. Well, Maeda Maeda was supposed to be that. My yeah, he's like Neil Maeda is a great setup guy. Wow. If you can go four, if you can go four rounds, I mean rounds, innings. What is that setup guy? That's setup guy. Yeah. He should, he should be a setup guy. He's not a, a starter, man. And they start getting to him after four rounds because they know that crazy everybody was kung fu fighting deliveries got. <laughs> and everybody was kung fu, ha, ha. Uh, NBA, you know, this is the first time in my life that I haven't been excited about the NBA start. I'm usually biting at the bit. I don't know why. I don't know why. But it's just maybe because the Warriors are so stacked that I'm just kind of over it. I don't think... I think they're going to have games where they're just murdering people. I just feel that something's going to happen inside that locker room that's going to cause that team to disintegrate. Maybe not completely. Maybe we'll see a third uh, Cavs versus Warriors final. It's definitely possible. But something's going to happen. There's something going to go on between Draymond, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Kevin Durant. There's something going to happen, man. Something's going to fucking happen. 
You're thinking Be- uh, Devil's Three Way. Yeah, I think I think I think Clay and, and Kevin are going to try to spit roast Draymond. <laughs> That's really uncomfortable to think about. Yeah, but somewhere out there, there's a porno where that shit is going down. Yeah, it's been written. It's been written. People are talking about it. Two two brothers going balls deep on their buddy. Just uncomfortable. But that's what's going to happen because Draymond's High already kicking people. High five and over top. Yeah, just boom, boom, boom. Isn't that great? That's a that's a that's a fucking term, spit roasting. <laughs> and if you all wonder if men and women, who's funnier? Who has better names for positions they do to the other people? Do girls have any names for any st- positions that they do with men? No, we name them all. And they they hijack our names. Right? You ever hear a girl going, oh, my God, I did the reverse cowgirl with the give me the wallet. You know what I'm saying? I did the give me the wallet. <laughs> Going to have your baby followed up by the gold digger. You know, they never have any of that stuff. Everything's like, I made love. I made love. I made love. I love love. And then he bump, fucked me in the ass. That's it. They take our names. They take our names. They take our jokes. And that's where we're at. Can we get into uh, the NFL? What's the, what was that? Game seven? Yeah. Oh, man. It was great, dude. I've never been rooting so hard for a team I don't give a shit about over the San Diego Chargers over to the Atlanta Falcons. I cannot tell you. I was screaming and dancing. I'm sure. Screaming and dancing. That's rough. I I love it, dude. First of all, just I know Tebow's pissed. Tebow, (laughs) because he didn't text me half-ass retarded like he normally does. I didn't hear from him at all. You know he's pissed. You know he's pissed. That's a game they should have won. Oh, yeah. That's a game they should have won. And I don't care what Tebow says, and I'm going to talk about it on this podcast. I love that my the, uh, AFC West has the best record out of any any division. We are the best record. We have three guys that are basically 5-2. and two. Aren't the Chargers like 1-5, and five, though? Yeah, but the uh, no, no, they're 3-4. Th- they're and four. Oh, really? Okay. And Kansas City's four and two because they had a uh, they had a bye week. But we have the I mean three of our guys are only have three of our teams only have two losses. That's pretty fucking great. But let's get down into kickers and how ridiculous this is that you can't kick a field goal. That's your only job, man. You got a you get a locker room. You're basically like a uh, you won a fan competition and you get to be on the team and you only have to do one thing: kick the ball forward. And it's like that those those pylon those those uh posts, posts are like pretty wide, and it's not like he's asking you to do a a, a seventy yard kick. Like, dude, you were on the thirty, Arizona. And he shanked it. Neither team wanted to win that game. And dude, how, and by the way, was that the was Seattle versus Arizona the greatest worst game ever? Like it was so entertaining to see how bad they were. Like you're like, who's gonna win this dog shit game? And it's a, a tie. How's that a rule? How are you okay with a tie? That's the most anticlimactic bunch of bull. You got to come up with some. You know what you need to do? You need to do what, what hockey does when overtime it goes down yep. to three guys. <laughs> three guys. You got to do something, man. Yeah, they should go They should go down to eight on eight or something. No, they should just do three on three. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, plays defense and offense, and they cover each other, and whoever scores fucking wins. 
to keep like a, a beach on the side of the field. So well, like, it, you put up those things and it becomes, you put up like bumpers on the side, becomes arena football for one quarter. <laughs> it's a lot more exciting. Wouldn't you rather that than a 6 6 tie? If I was good, I'd be like, this shit ain't ending. This is the b- most boring game. That was the equivalent of the WNBA uh, of NFL. Yeah. Just that was a layup game. Everybody's doing layups. By the way, congratulations to LA Sparks. Shout out LA Sparks. I, I wanted to go. I was out of town. I love it, man. I, I'm dude. I like female basketball. I mean, here's the problem with women's basketball is that the the, the money making league for women is in Russia. We'll yeah. see if that's still going to happen now. Now with this World War Three going on, is in Russia during the winter. So they all go there and make real money and mm-hmm. come back here and basically play while they have a summer off. Or they get paid to not play. Like Diana, Diana Taurasi. Oh, really? They pay her not to play? Last season, I think. The Russians did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her team paid her not to play in the U.S. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Uh-huh. That's amazing. We see it in ho- and it happens in hockey a lot, actually. People pay... A foreign team will pay them not to play. In the NHL? Uh-huh. Re- a lot of money? Yeah. Really? I would love if people paid me not to do stand-up. Dude, here's here's 3G. Don't go up. I'm like, done. <laughs> done. I could do that. I wish. <laughs> Just keep me on the side, coach. But let's get into people this. People could go- pay me not to put these out. That w- people do? <laughs> if they could. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be so fucking funny. Hey, I should, dude. I should start charging. Somebody says they're watching Punch Drunk Live right now. I, hey, Murray, I, it's not Punch Drunk. It's Twisted. I know I'm talking sports. I'm allowed to talk about whatever I want to, Murray. God damn it. Rose Bruce oh, podcast. Okay, so anyways, back to the kids, the, the kickers. This Josh Brown thing, right? This guy, he journals. First of all, what is it with everybody journaling now? Like, you know, Hillary's emailing, hey, I'm doing evil shit, send. Oh, I beat my wife, journal. Why are you journaling that? I'm not, uh, he's an Here's my thing. Roger Goodell is an asshole. Yeah. Like, dude, you had a chance. You had a chance to drop hammer on a white guy and have no real collateral damage. Like, you know, we, we have Peyton Manning forcing the trainer to lick his taint, right? And no, they're like, we that, can't do anything. That's the that Papa John guy. That was in college. Yeah, but it did. But where it did happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not denying it. You had a chance to drop hammer and get credit. You get race credit with black people by dropping a hammer on a white guy. Again, it's like just like it's like for it's the foreign uh, it's it's the fan uh, participation contest winner. You drop him. There's another bald white guy waiting to kick the ball. You should have pounded on that guy. You should not. Dude, it's ridiculous that he's on some list. He should be banned from the league. And you should overban him. You should go way beyond anything you should do just to make a point about how much you love black people. Just be like, Ray Lewis can. But this guy's never coming back. He's banned for life because he's an asshole. And we hate assholes. Am I right, black people? And you start high fiving Black Lives Matters people left and right. Just start high-fiving them. They're, Roger Goodell standing up there like the gay robot he looks like. Is it me or is Roger Goodell have total gay face? He looks like Donald Trump's younger brother. He looks like he's got DSLs and loves some dick, right? That's my opinion, and the opinion of this podcast is that of Sam Tripoli's. He looks like a gay, dick-sucking robot, okay? He's standing up there, a little 
dick-sucking android about to address people why Black Lives Matter people stand behind him like a black chorus, right? Where there's a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They sit behind him and go, mm-hmm. And he goes, today, today, we're going to drop the hammer on that white boy. White boy be paid. And then they just drop hammer, dude. He's an asshole. I'm sorry. The guy's an asshole. He shouldn't be. In it. And you had a chance to make black people feel good that there's no racism out there. Because, like, for me, man, I don't, I'm not racist, so I don't buy the racism. And then you see blatant racism. You're like, oh, it does exist. And I do believe there's race. Obviously, cops shooting black people for no... I mean, those are real issues. I'm not trying to make light of that, you know? But sometimes you're like, oh, man, there's... The, dude, everything's about race. And then you see, like, real race in there. I'd be like, okay, all right, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. So that was that. Um, Want to get into speaking of political correctness? I just did uh, a big benefit... Aaron, I did a benefit mm -hmm. for uh, Comedy for Autism, which is a weird name for a benefit. Sounds like you're trying to get autism, and they are not. No. They, they, are, they do not want aut autism. It's a, it was an amazing night. Uh, it was sold out. I had, a, I had a weird week of comedy, dude. I had the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, and the highest of highs followed by the lowest of lows. I literally was like, you know, some weird heart monitor, you know? Like, I was all over the place. And so basically I do this benefit it was Wednesday night infotent sold out. We sold it out like 300 people sold out and uh, the comics all killed lays dolls. The number one burlesque troupe in Los Angeles crushed. I went up out of the gate crush. You know, it's a good crowd when the host is crushing, even though I kill at all times. Well, I'll talk about that. Not at all times, but most times Greg Santos went up crushed. The Dallas went up anyways. As the comics are performing, Andy Dick is on the on the on the lineup, and he is freaking out. First of all, there's a kid with autism. There's a grown man, about a 50 year old man with autism, in the back green room with us. Andy Dick's friend, who plays guitar with him, brought him because it was a benefit for autism. But he's like that aggressive autism, like in your face autism. But he was like autistic about Beatles songs. Mm -hmm. So, like, every two seconds, there was, like, some guy in your face asking you about Paul McCartney. So, do you know who the last Beatles song was? I'm like, I don't know. It's like, oh, my God. And like, yeah. And then, like, two seconds later, he'd ask you the same thing. Oof. In your grill. And you're not you could do. You're, if there's anywhere that shit flies, it's that autism benefit. So, you're this guy, this very aggressive autistic kid is right there. And he's uh, he's very much in our face. And I, I recognize it can't be easy. Everybody's being cool to me. Everyone's like, we understand. And it was cool. Andy Dick is freaking out. Andy Dick is like, I'm not a stand up comic. Why am I here? I'm like, probably because he got a fat paycheck to be here, which is a very weird thing for me. Like, the, like, they paid me to put together a show, and I paid out a lot of money. So, like, I don't feel bad about that because it's, like, it's hard to ask people. A long time ago, I, I learned that it's hard to ask people to do stuff that they do for a living for free. It's just not fair. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to hose the charity that's trying to raise money for a good cause. So you got to walk that fine line. So... I got a little cash. I gave the comics a little cash. Jessica Michelle Singleton canceled. I bring in Jackie Fabulous, who's a cold-blooded murderer. Yep. That's great. So Andy Dick is just like, man, I, I don't know. I'm freaking out. I'm like, Andy, just do you. He's like, how much time do I got to do? I'm like, I, 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 10? He's like, 10? I'm like, 
five, and then the people who rant, they're like, he's got to do more than five. So I'm thinking they're paying him a nice check. You got to do 10, Andy. You got to do 10. Okay, I'm fine. Now, what people don't realize is that NACA, the college, the, the college entertainment company, made a new rule with states, you have to do your set or your performance before they pay you. Because Andy Dick got paid and never went up. Oof. So they made a new rule for him. So they're like, dude, you got to go up on stage. You got to do your 10. He's freaking out. I'm like, okay, please. And I, I get down. I go, okay, please. We put up this autistic comic who crushed, by the way. And going back to letting the autistic kids get away with anything. He's literally doing like hardcore porn jokes. In front of this. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Fullerton, they get it. They'll laugh at some dirty shit at a benefit, which is always my favorite benefits where we're helping people and doing well-crafted multi-layered dick jokes. But this autistic kid who looks like Bam Bam from the Flintstones hit with gamma radiation like 20, 30 years later. But all he did was watch porn for 10 years straight. Like, that's the vibe of this kid. He's doing jokes, and he's crushing. And he's doing jokes about how porn is always great because you 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 pretend it's you, but then he's like, I don't know how to do that with interracial porn. I'm like, yeah, look at my big black dick. And he did that, in front, and people went nuts. He's like, autistic, yes. That was a great joke, good. He gets done. I introduce Andy Dick. Andy Dick, please welcome. Nothing. Andy Dick, please welcome. Nothing. Finally, I see him walking up. He's in like a frantic mode. And he's like, okay, uh, I need a stool. I'm like, here's a stool. I need another stool. I'm like, we only got one stool. I just need a chair. Okay. I need a mic stand. We have one mic stand. I give it to him. He's like, we need another one. I'm like, we don't have one. He's like, we need another mic stand. And he's freaking out on stage. So I walk up on stage. I'm the mic stand. I hold the microphone next to the guy playing guitar. And Andy's doing great. So Andy out of nowhere is singing, and then he just drops the faggot right in the middle of the, the whole thing. He says the word faggot right in the middle of it. And the whole room just kind of goes, oh, and he goes, oh, I can say that. I think we all know why. And they start clapping, and I'm like, okay, that's a, uh, you know, my I have a major problem with that rule of comedy that somebody could say something because they are that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change. And I like Andy Dick a lot. This is an anti-Andy Dick thing because I think he came out trying to do his best. But it's like that rule's like, oh, I'm that person. So I can say, like, like black comedians rack black the black community like in ways the, the KKK wishes they could say. I mean, they say the most racist shit about black people and guilty white people are like, oh, my God, congratulations. Oh, that's so funny. So he drops that and people laugh. So I, I'm standing up there. I'm on stage. He's like, he's running the light now, which is a classic comedian thing, which is like, I'm only going to do five minutes. 20 minutes later, they're still on stage because comics are stage horse. He's, he's doing it. He's doing it. And I don't know where he just goes. These kids are fucking retarded. And dude, the room just went nuts. Boop! Oh, wow. I'm like, dude, you literally said the one word you cannot say in this room. Saying kids are retarded at autis autism benefit is like going to NBA All-Star Weekend and dropping N-bombs right in the middle of singing the anthem before the dunk contest. 
And right before we do the uh, Sprite Dunk Contest, here's Andy Dick. What's up, you? Bah! Drops and bombs right there. It's the same thing, dude. And I'm on stage going, oh, I'm here. I'm oh. right in the middle of this. And then he did a classic. I can say it because I'm autistic. Then he pulls out, I'm autistic. Like, he's gay autistic. And people are like, half the crowd left. It, it was rough. But but comedy for autism, it had nothing to do with them. They put together a great show. It was a lot of fun. And I told him, I go, Andy Dick is crazy. It's He's like a tornado of chaos. Mm-hmm. You you know, it's like they're like, hey, you want to put him up? I go, I like Andy, but it's it's weird juju, dude. They put him up anyways. And it's fine. And like uh, comedy for autism should be proud of their they sold out. They they wanted they've already asked me back next year. Probably after hearing this, they probably will cancel that. But you know, it's just like I've been doing comedy so long, dude. I've been doing comedy so long. I know what I can say, I know what I can't say. Like, people are like, can you work clean? I can work clean. I choose not to because I find it boring. Yeah. I'm a real motherfucker, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So it brings me into the... So I do my show at the Improv. It's a small crowd. I'm going to be honest with you. I was supposed to have this one guy on. He cancels on me two days earlier. And I was... I like I booked it so we would all promote. And when he goes, it, it put me in a hole. And I... But I rocked for like 50 minutes at the improv. I got staff was like, that was amazing. I'm like, I'm a cold-blooded killer. Dumb. So Saturday night, I go to the comedies. And here's the problem. I love the improv. It's a great club. It's a great club. I'm not gonna get into that, man. It's just when you do comedy, it it you can't use the rules of road comedy clubs in Los Angeles. You can't do it. You can't sit there and expect the comedians who go up in town five, six, seven times to promote and pack a room on their sixth show that week. It's just not possible. Yeah. You have to aggressively attack. And you know who does that better than anybody? The comedy store. The comedy store packs it because they're in your face always pushing tickets. And if they know it's going to be slow, they'll paper the room. But they'll try to sell a ticket. That's why the store, you know, and to be honest with you, I feel really bad for the two other clubs in town only because it's just like every comedy, every podcast talks about the greatness of the comedy store. The improv is wonderful. It's a wonderful comedy club. The staff there is great. You have to figure out how to pack that room. And you can't rely on just, the days of just relying comedians doing it, it's an oversaturation. Right now, only five guys packed a room. Joe Rogan, Chris D'Elia, um, Jim Jeffries, who else? Probably Benson. Kevin Smith. Yeah, but he doesn't do stand-up. He doesn't do stand-up, but I mean, he I, If you put him on some, but he's not yeah. really going to do it. No, but he I'm trying to think about who else is on that list of guys that just, uh, Anthony Jeselnik's in there. But I mean, like, there's not a lot of people. I mean... Liza Schlesinger, people love her. I don't know if she'll pack a room. Someone just told me there was a booker that said, if you don't bring a couple hundred people to every show you do, you don't have a draw. I'm like, you're fucking retarded. You're d- retarded. I mean, Rogan can do it, but if he did five gigs in one night, he wouldn't have it packed every night. No. Nobody would. Hmm. I mean, like, Louis C.K. does it, but th- he's just a weird dude. I don't know. And, and obviously Bill Burr, too. He's in that talk. But for the, that's like six guys. Everybody else is just 
My problem is I can't get people to worship at my altar. I destroy rooms. I'm a world destroyer, which brings me to my gig in, uh, brings me to my gig in, uh, at the comedy store. So Saturday night I get called, I, I'm supposed to do Mike Young's podcast. He's like, meet me down there. I go there. Mike Young's there. He doesn't want, he's, 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 he's like, oh, I can't do it. I'm like, okay, I'm here early. Dan walks up to me. He goes like, dude, you want to do five minutes in the main room? I'm like, fuck yeah. I walk in and sold out. Nice. 400. Sebastian's on crushing. And I got to go up and I'm like, okay, a 400 room crusher at about the show starts at nine. The show's it's about 1030. You can't go up there and just do smoking crack with a robot bit. You can't do it. They're just not ready for it. They've been lulled into this, this sense of warmth. You know, that's where the, the mainstream guys go up. Girls do this. Guys do that. I'm Italian. Blah, blah, blah. That's where they go. So I have to script my act, and I crush. I crush 400. Nice. Staff came up to me. You killed. Dude, I can go up anytime. I'm versatile. I just choose to be honest on stage. Yeah. And they're like, I'm going to be honest with you. You think I'm bragging right now? Just know at night I cry myself to sleep. I cry myself to sleep wondering what I've done with my fucking life. So anyways, I crush in the main room. I go into the OR, and they ask me. So Gerard Carmichael goes up. He's a fucking killer. I love Gerard Carmichael. He goes up. I start, And he's smooth jazz, man. He's smooth jazz. My energy's different. I have to learn. There's just like, like following Joey Diaz is different than following Gerard Carmichael. Now, they're two different comics, and they have different comedy levels. I think Gerard Carmichael is a phenomenal comic. I mean, obviously, Joey Diaz is probably the hardest person on the planet to co- follow. But Gerard is his own hard in that you got to kind of match his energy and bring it up. I didn't do that. I went right into this bit about how this guy I saw, and this is a true story, and it's been killing everywhere, how this guy came up to me the other day with a giant L.A. tattoo on his face. A giant tattoo on his face asking for directions on how to get around L.A. Right? That's funny. Yeah. Crowd stared at me. Just fucking stared at me. And I had this great bit I was going to go into that about the Dodgers and how two, like, the end of the season was Vince Scully's last game, right? Two weeks later, he was back at the park. It took two weeks for his wife to drive him fucking nuts. After 69 years on the job, he's like, oh, the phone's ringing. Oh, hello, Andrew Friedman. Hello. Yeah, honey, it's Andrew Friedman. The phone did ring. Yeah, it did. Say hi, Andrew. Hi. It's Andrew. What, Andrew? What? Oh, you need me at the ballpark? Oh, for sure. When's the game? Tomorrow? I'll leave now. Honey, he needs me. You're lying, Ben. There's nobody on there. Why are you leaving? You quit that job. Now they need me, honey. We got to beat the Cubs because it's time for Dodger baseball. You're an asshole. Vince Scully going to kill a bitch. You know? And try, they just stared at me. That's a quality fucking bit. Yep. That's a quality bit. And they just stared at me. And then I get into this bit about how everybody's bisexual now. Everybody's watched so much porn. It's just everyone's bi. And I go into this thing. You know, it's like there's National Coming Out Day. Did you see that? National Coming Out Day is when every actress, who hot actress in L.A. who's not working does a big announcement about how they're bisexual. And they're just so happy to be out of the closet. It's like finally they can be themselves. It's like, oh, 
Like Miley Cyrus is like, ah, oh, I'm so happy. I can finally be myself. Oh, Miley, tell me about the hard days of being in the closet. What, you have to pay for your own cocaine? Huh, what was that like? Black ditch, black dick and snatch. You know, you want to shock me? You know what would be amazing? If Peyton Manning came out of the closet. He's like, you know we are. It was a hard game. We played a hard game. And, uh, you know, the offense was clicking. The defense stopped them. And, you know, I just got to be like, I'm just going to go uh, Papa John's on some Latino boy ass. You know what I'm talking about. Stuffed crust pizza. You know what I'm talking about. That was the worst Peyton Manning impression. Yeah. But it was great. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And I just it's been about by and they just stared at me because I talked Kevin Elliott let me do this part of his he had a joke about the t- he literally walked in on two dudes fucking at a Chipotle and I'm like do you do that he goes no I go can I do he goes fuck yeah and I tagged that they just stared at me like they were fine with two dudes fucking at a Chipotle and I go you don't do that at Chipotle you do that at Baja Fresh. If you're going to fuck, you fucking Baja Fresh. Nope, nobody's with me on that one. Killed in the room. I think it's pronounced Baja. Baja Fresh? Yeah. Baja. 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 Baja, California. Is it Baja Fresh? Yeah. That might be why. Uh, Well, you know what? (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Listen, dude, everybody hates... I just can't wait till this election's over. I just want to get this on. I was going to go into uh, something on Madonna, but I... I just want, I'm going to do one more thing and then we're going to get the fuck out of here. I just do, uh, I, I, I want to go into something real quick. Uh, I, 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 believe it or not, I, I, even though I hate Hillary Clinton, I am a liberal and I am a Democrat and people don't seem to understand that. And they, the, literally the only thing I don't like about the Democratic Party is Hillary Clinton. And I get called alt-right all the time, which I'm the farthest thing from. I'm a weird dude, man. I've been in weird shit. I, li- I shine in the darkness. I just don't like that Sith Lord, man. And it doesn't mean I'm a fucking alt-right guy. I mean, like, dude, I'm a big animal, dude. Like, I'm, I want to get into something. I'm going to end this. I am not into trophy hunting. It's not my thing, man. But I know that hunting is as primal as it gets. It is as basic, natural as anything out there. It's as natural as uh, as giving birth. It's as natural as having to eat. It's just part of life. Hunting is a part of life. I have no problem with hunting for food. If you want to hunt for food, hunt for food. You see Joe Rogan does that. He kills an elk. He cuts it up. He gives friends elks me. I have no problem with that. It's as primal. You can't be for nature and then be against hunting. It's as primal as get. It sucks. Something's got to get eaten, but that's life. I prefer it to be more of a fair fight. That's what I want to get to, dude. It's just like these people are like, no, dude, this, oh, you know, really helps these people and it really helps those people and animals need to get get thin well the 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 story that that got me was this english rugby player a shot an elephant they heard it screaming in pain and guys like you got thin to hurt not the elephants there's not enough elephants yeah we're running out of elephants why are you shooting an elephant and then bragging about it and there's nothing there's nothing sporting or tough about shooting something from a thousand feet away with a high-powered rifle you remember when Palin tried to make it legal to hunt from helicopter with a machine gun? Like, why is that cool? 
listen, dude, you want to hunt? I get it. You want a game hunt? Here's what you do. Fucking get a knife and you go fucking hunt. Mm -hmm. That's tough guy shit. You versus the animal. Winner takes all. This fucking high power rifle, that's chicken shit. Yep. It's just chicken shit. If you want to put something on your wall, earn that shit. Like, I don't, the value of life is hilarious. Like, people think animals are just here to, for our fodder. And they're not. We're, it's an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. We all have to live off each other. And when the lower end dies, we're all in trouble. Like, we're killing off bees right now, and nobody cares because they're too busy worrying about fucking Trump doing grab ass to give a shit. There is a hierarchy in life, and it starts with white women at the top. White women are the most protected thing in the world. We protect them more than anything. And when a white woman gets killed, everybody runs around like its heads are cut off. Then it goes white women, then it goes minorities, then it goes white guys, then it goes the rest of the world. Like, you know, maybe Canadians. Nobody cares in this country if a Canadian gets killed. And then it goes all the way down to third world fucking people. Why is one value of life more than the other? And I know we can't all sit around and get angry when any one person dies when there's six billion of us. But the notion that animal life isn't worth anything is ridiculous. We should all live here together. There's no reason to destroy this planet other than corporate greed. And we should be fucking hanging dudes from trees. These fucking bankers. They should be hanging from trees. Hunt them, man. Hunt them, dude. I'm surprised no one's trying to kidnap these guys. Fuck them, man. I just like, it's just, there's no need for it, man. First of all, there's too many of us, okay? There's just too many of us. We got to stop. We got to promote anal and less fucking baby making. You get two people. You replace you and your lady, and that's it. And that's the end. I just don't, I just like, man, we just don't have to hurt. I just don't get it. Here's my rule. Don't steal. Don't hurt another living being. Don't hurt children. Those are the rules. Anything after that, have fun. Have fun. Stick dick in weird places, man. Enjoy it. Your girlfriend wants to have trains ran on her while you watch? Enjoy it. You want to fuck a pumpkin? Enjoy it. I don't care. Just, you know, there's no reason to bring pain and suffering to anybody. And that's my opinion, man. And that's why I want to go off to. I understand hunting. I respect hunting. I respect, you know. The, the act, it says natural is primal. But if you want to be a tough guy and put some fucking head on your wall, you go get a knife and you fucking hunt that thing. All right, so I want to play this one uh, thing real quick. It's about four minutes and then we'll get out of here. Okay? Great. Great. I hope you guys had fun. I enjoyed this. Here we go. Your brain is like a This is a motivational thing. I like to do these Once at the end. you believe you are something, You actually embody it. You embody that feeling. If you were, God forbid, in a coma, and you woke up, and you didn't really have a memory, and you were told that you used to be a Navy SEAL, and they want you back now when you're healthy, do you think you'd act differently and hold yourself differently, conduct yourself different, and have a different self-concept of who you are than if you were told you were a piano instructor? Being successful in life is all about having the proper belief system in who you are. Truly believing that you are something unique, that you are something special in that field. If you truly believe inside of you that you are 
one of the best actors in the world. You will be entirely different than if you're like, I hope I'm good. Your expressions will be totally different. Your tone of voice. You'll talk in a more convincing fashion. You'll use your natural voice instead of a scripted one. You'll be more emphatic. You'll be more real, more relatable. Our brain is like a circuit, and so if we introduce it with the proper wiring, you're gonna go straight to your target. If you're unsure about who you are, then your dreams, your goals, they will never become a reality. Everyone has mental doubts in life, internal conflicts. Even the most successful people that you look up to, but they don't live there. It's how you handle those negative thoughts in that exact moment and overwhelm them with positive action, and that comes with this utmost confidence in yourself that you can handle the situation. Trust in yourself that you are better than the moment. The greats think differently. The, the greats see differently, right? The, the greats have a different worldview. The greats they they approach the game in a totally different way. So I need you to do me a huge favor. I need you to think about what you're thinking about when your effort is low, because if you can get this, if you can get this, you can get any success you want in life. You can have anything you want in life if you can get this. The next time you give a low effort, right? You give it 70% or 50% or 30%. I want you to think about what you're thinking about when your effort is low. If, if, if your effort is low, you're probably not thinking about the opportunity. You're probably thinking about the obligation. And when you think about ET, how you stay pumped up? ET is how you stay on fire. ET, how you always driven? Even in the midst of trials and tribulations, even in the midst of your haters, when people try to break you and tear you down. ET, how you stay strong? I keep thinking about the opportunity every single day. I'm thinking about the opportunity, and I'm not looking at this thing as an obligation. I'm not looking at this thing as something that I have to do or that I'm forced to do, right? Something that somebody's making me do. Every time I wake up, I'm thinking, I'm alive, baby. This is the day. This is an opportunity. If you want what you've never had before, if you want to do what you've never done before, if you want to be what you've never been before, change your mentality. And I want you to see that effort goes up when you look when you look at it as I got an opportunity of a lifetime. But you should be excited about the fact that you have an opportunity.